Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast, where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisondi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Divorce Confidential. Today, I have a very special guest, and I am so excited to introduce her to you. I know I'm probably going to botch her last name, so I won't even attempt it, but I'll ask her to say it because it's a very interesting one, much like her first name, Paloma. What a beautiful name that is. Uh, it just exudes so much femininity and so much class. So I really love that. I wanted to say that off the bat. Uh, Paloma is actually located in one of my favorite countries in the whole wide world, in Switzerland. And um, Paloma has been divorced twice, the first time married less than a year, and with her second husband together for eight years, married for seven. And she is, and this is another cool thing about her, she's a professional animal communicator. I would love to know more about that, Paloma. Welcome. Well, thank you, Simone, for having me. Yes, I actually started my career as an animal communicator after my second divorce. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. And how did how did you how did you get led to becoming a an animal communicator? Was it related to the divorce? Well, um no, not not really. Um but we got divorced because I became a professional animal communicator. Ah, okay. So um, as a child, I just had a a special connection with animals and um, they used to do things they wouldn't do for their humans. And then as I grew older, somehow this connection disappeared. As with everybody, as with everybody, as with everybody, you know, children just have a better a connection to animals than uh, than adults true. have yeah yes yes so um then one day i had a special encounter with a horse and i was so surprised um you know that that something like that happened i mean i was i i used to have a horse of my own mm-hmm. and uh i was uh out horse riding came back to the barn and it was summer it was hot and it was late and nobody was at the barn anymore and um i i i put my horse back into the paddock with the other horses and went back to the car and i heard somebody say stop oh <laughs> yeah exactly oh <laughs> so I turned around knowing that there wasn't anybody anybody there. So I was a little bit scared. And then I thought, well, maybe it's the neighbor that has seen me. He wants to know something. 
but no, there wasn't anybody. I only saw a horse looking at me and I got the feeling that I had to go back to the paddock. Wow. So I went, I went back to the paddock and I had the feeling I had to go around the corner. Now around the corner, they had two, um, sort of two barrels that were usually filled with water. Now those two barrels were, you know, they, they, they had turned over and they didn't have a drop of water, the horses. So I put, put them up again, started to fill in the water and observed the horse that had turned with me, observing me. And I thought, well, maybe he's, he's thirsty. Yeah, so he's waiting for me to fill up the barrels. Now, when the barrels were full, the horse came to the barrels, put his nose in one barrel, didn't drink, put his nose in the other barrel, didn't drink, looked at me, and I thought I could hear a thank you. Wow, this is yeah. so fascinating. <laughs> I was standing there, you know, my jaw was, you know, really dropped. <laughs> I, I knew something had happened, but I didn't have a clue what it was. So I went back home. Back then I was married mm -hmm. and uh, I went back home and that was actually 1998. Uh, uh -huh. That was summer 1998. And um, back then the internet, at least in Europe, was not really established that well, very yes. established yeah, yeah so yeah. but we we already had a connection at home actually so i was on a what was a, an email group you know that was all be before social media and forums and all that right, stuff right right we we came together and we um formed email groups and then we emailed each other we emailed the group actually and then like that we had a conversation so that was back in those days. <laughs> That's the way it was. And um, I was in a group that where we talked about natural horsemanship. Mm -hmm. And most of the people in that group were from Canada and, and the US. Right. And, and so I, I actually had to tell somebody the story. You know, that just happened to me with that horse. And I knew I couldn't tell my husband. He wouldn't understand. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Did you tell your husband? Was he excited for you? This is no, this, this no. was quite a phenomenal ex experience and interaction between you and the horse. Yeah, but I knew he he wouldn't understand it. So um, I, I told the story in the group. So I, I wrote an email, sent it out to everybody, and actually didn't think I would get any answers back, but I did. Oh, of course. And the and the answers were like, oh, the horse contacted you. Oh, the horse talked to you. Oh, that was telepathic animal communication. And you should have seen me. And I wanted to actually uh, um, go into the screen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what, 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 what's that? <laughs> that is exactly the missing link. I was looking for to have this connection with the animals that I used to have when I was a child. 
Oh, so somehow that connection got reactivated, so to speak. Exactly, because we all come into this world with a common language, and that common language is telepathic communication, conscious telepathic communication. Right. Now, every every mother that is listening now will agree that when they have a child, that's true. Very and true. The, and the child, you you as mother, you know before the child starts crying the child is hungry or the yes. child needs new Diaper. uh, diapers yes. yeah 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 and after you get that information then the child starts crying that's right exactly and, that's and even when and and you're right even because i remember when my kids were babies i remember when they would start crying you knew the type of cry and what they needed so it was not something like oh i wonder if he's hungry i wonder if he needs to be changed and I, I wonder if he you know if he's hurt i wonder if something's uncomfortable that i put on him it was you knew you just automatically knew so you're so right you're absolutely right yeah so we come into this world with this type of communication and this is a language it's nothing else than a language Right. And what, what happens with the language that you don't speak? You forget about it. Yeah, you, whatever you don't you, get, it's, you, you don't you, use. You, yeah. you you get out, you know, of practice. That's uh, right. Sort of. Yeah. And that and then the baby comes into this world, starts to communicate conscious telepathically, and finds out quite quickly that he needs to learn these strange sounds in order to communicate with those other beings because they don't seem to understand him. That is so fascinating, Paloma. My goodness, it's so true. Now that we're unpacking this, it's actually so true because when kids are born, they are still very much connected to the other side, to the other world. So they are very adept at communicating in the way that we communicate on the other side. And then they kind of slowly adapt to the way that we've been conditioned to communicate here in much in the way like we are right now. And they drop that that um, way of communicating that they're so used to from the other side. You're absolutely right. My goodness. Yeah, this is just fascinating. So how how did this lead to your divorce oh okay so i told my husband about it then eventually i told my husband about it i said i i started actually um i mean th there's a really good book for for anybody that wants to know a little bit more about uh, animal communication that's uh, called animal talk by penelope smith okay and, animal talk yeah and um and i, I actually bought that book and um started to read it and i also got uh, other material um, to start um to learn how to communicate with uh with animals so you wanted to continue developing this gift you have yes i i mean i was fascinating i thought i i, I need to know more about it yes you know? and um and so my husband saw the book I was reading and I, I started to tell him about telepathic communication and that 
you can talk to animals and and then you know he really started to sort of think whoo that's too scary that's too much oh wow so he was not open to this okay he got really scared okay it was too you know, woo for him as we say yeah, in north america yeah exactly it was too woo woo for him and um I mean, I can remember when 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 he proposed to me. Uh, I I already had my horse, and for me it was totally clear. And I told him before he married me. I told him before he married me. I told him when he proposed. I said, "Yeah, yeah, I can I can marry you, but there is one thing you need to know. If you ever make me decide." between my horse and yourself, you lose. <laughs> Good for you. I love that. <laughs> no, I think it's it's important that we don't suppress the gifts that we have, that we come to this realm with. Clearly, you have that. that, that that's your gift and, and your passion also, more so than that. And it's not fair when, when we sort of come in union together with someone to share our life with. Um, we would expect that that individual would support what we love and would support our passions and that they take us as, you know, with a package. Like the, the horse and your love for horses uh, came as a package. So you wanted him to know that from the, from the get-go. And Definitely. how did he feel? How did he respond to that? How did he feel about that? Oh, I don't have a problem with that, he said. I said, okay, okay. Then, I'll then I'll marry you. Okay. <laughs> but it became a problem when it got to be too woo because he probably thought that you were just gonna ride the horse and that was your you know sort of exercise or something that you just liked doing but then when it got as deep as the way sort of it unfolded that you talk to the horse and you're able to communicate on another level and another realm then it just became too much yeah well it, it I think it already started a little bit earlier than that because I mean, he knew that I had a horse and that I went horse riding and I went to the horse uh, six times a week. Okay. And I kept, I kept doing that after we came together and after we married. Right. And I mean, we both worked. Um, and then sort of, I think, I, I think he, he thought I wouldn't spend so much time away. Ah, you know? okay, okay. So but, he, he didn't but, know. But, but well, he, sh he should have known because he, I was telling him, but he sort of, I don't know, maybe didn't think that it would be that much, you know. But, but the, the one thing I, and the one thing I always told him, and I think this is very, very, very important if you don't want to get divorced, uh, is that you you keep your you keep your life, you keep doing, you keep going out with your own friends, yes. you keep you keep doing your hobbies, you know, you and then you can do things together. But what he did was he gave up his friends. He gave up his car club. You know, he was in a, in a car club where they organized uh, so, some events. And I was telling him, go, go there, you know, meet your friends, go to those events. Yeah, but then you're not there. 
well, yes, you're not with me when I'm with the horse. That's okay. Yes, you know, absolutely. So, so, sort of. And but he he didn't want to. He gave it up, even though I was telling him, "Don't do it. Just keep on going to see your friends. Keep on going with." the car events and whatever and i think there because he gave it up i don't know if he expected me to also give a little bit up of the horse somehow you know <laughs> yeah so that sounds like he wanted for himself he wanted to abandon his individuality and he wanted you to abandon your individuality because now you were sort of in life partnership and you were no longer an individual with their own unique likes dislikes and passions and things that they wanted to do but so he gave it up like willingly of his yeah. own volition but then he ex and he had that expectation i'm so glad you mentioned that because that that was going to be one of the questions that i was going to have um and in the, in the way it was received because oftentimes when you look at divorce and of course i'm divorced myself and i remember when I started those on down that path on that journey. I talked to an extraordinary amount of people that had been divorced, were going through divorce, or had been divorced and remarried. And uh, most of the time, the way that divorce unfolds in the situation is either because they grow apart, so it's more or less like a very amicable, friendly kind of a divorce where they recognize they no longer have anything that holds them together. Or there is a third party situation where one of them had been, there had been infidelity on either part of the two individuals. So there's a, you know, a third person in the mix. But for you, that's not the case at all. This is like so unique and different because there was no such thing. You were just sort of continuing with the passion and the gift that you had for communicating with animals. And that's just not something that your ex-husband received very well at that time yeah yeah he he said well i don't i don't know you anymore he said oh, I, wow. I don't i don't i don't know you anymore and i said look i've had passion for mystical things all my life yes and if you go through my books i told him if you go through my books then you can see books about astrology you can see books about hand reading you can see books about interpreting dreams. You can see books about a lot of things. And those are my books. Why do you think I do? I have those books because I'm interested in those subjects, in those topics. Yes, but you never were interested when we were together. So yes, but I had faces. And now this is another face. That's and, I don't, and I don't think this is going to stay a face. I think this is going to be the rest of my life. <laughs> That's as true, because we, we grow and we evolve uh, as individuals. And sometimes when we share our life with someone, that growth and that evolution happens in front of them. And obviously you would want and expect that because they committed to sharing their life with you, that they would support you as you go through those phases and changes and evolution Um like processes that happen with all of us because I know when I was married I had no interest I was very much um into the mainstream everything took everything for face value and then 
there came a turning point where I too got into this kind of stuff, individuality. I mean, uh, anything related to uh, mysticism, um, hypnosis, uh, astrology, horoscopes, crystals, uh, meditation, things of that nature, which became very woo for my ex-husband as well. But he wasn't, he was just very dismissive of it. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, you go ahead and read your crystals and, you know, it's a little crazy, but go ahead. So he was never sort of, he never dissuaded me, but nevertheless, there was no sort of, I would have expected that he would be like, oh, that's so interesting, tell me about it. Because you want to share those kind of things that you're passionate about, right? You want to yeah. be able to share, you're sharing your life. And if that's part of your life, then like by virtue of that fact, you want to be able to share. So, and how did this take you? Were you upset, sad? Um, how did it make you feel to know that he no longer was supportive of you with the horse? Um, it made me feel... Huh, good question. The One of the first thoughts that came to my mind actually was, I knew it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you had it you had the expectation yeah yeah so i remember the i remember the situation when i told him if you ever if, if you if you ever um make me decide between you and the horse you lose right and i knew that was the exact same situation if that he made me if 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 he made me decide Animal communication or him is gonna lose. I I knew it was gonna end. That that moment that he said, I don't want you to go on with that because he said that to me. Oh wow. He actually tried to forbid you from continuing to do what you were not only passionate about, but that was your gift. That's a gift. I don't want you to to go to follow that path. I said, okay, that's it. I knew that was it. Oh my goodness. Wow, yeah. yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I will tell you right now, wholeheartedly, I would do exactly what you did. If I had some, you know, really divine gift to be able to do something that the average person, I mean, there are people who have gifts, like, for example, somebody's really good at singing or somebody's good at writing. Everybody's got a gift of their own, but yours is so unique. Like to be able to, to communicate with um, another species, like all through and through, um, and actually, that's another question. Are you able to communicate with any other animals other than horses, or is it a, just an equestrian thing? No, no, any any animals. Um, and by the way, everybody can do that. Yes, uh, everybody, everybody can learn it. So we we because the the language we are talking about here is conscious telepathic communication, which then would translate to conscious. Uh, animal communication because you communicate with an animal mm -hmm. but conscious and uh, conscious telepathic animal communication but it's conscious telepathy that's a language it's a language like english french german italian spanish whatever right 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 it's a language it's nothing else than a language i love how you're breaking we, it down into its we, simple terms we have we have a vocabulary and we have a grammar even in telepathic conscious communication oh tell me more about that how do you mean that <laughs> well if we translate telepathy 
we take telepathy apart. Tele means distance. Pathy means feelings. So it's actually a feeling at a distance. Telepathy is nothing more than feeling at a distance. And and over the years, I have... um, I have discovered two types of telepathy, conscious telepathic communication. That is when you consciously exchange feelings or unconscious telepathic communication, which is working all the time. I'm sure you have been in a situation where you have thought about a person and that person (laughs) has called you. Yes. Yes. So you're not net definitely aware of it, but you're doing it without even awareness. Yeah, exactly. Or, all the time. or or maybe maybe when when you uh, maybe when you have a partner, and you give the partner a list to go to the shop, and then the partner is at the shop, at uh, uh, getting the groceries, and then you're standing in the kitchen and think, oh, I, forgot, I forgot, I forgot bread. Oh, I'll call him. And you call him and the hand is off. So no way to call him. And then you say, oh, but we need bread. And then your partner comes home and says, hey, honey, look, I don't know why, but I just got the feeling I needed to buy bread. It was not on the list, but I got some. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that happens all the time. Yes. I, I've had many instances like that uh, with many individuals. Um, much like what you said about, I would be thinking about something, and then I'd be, I would have this intense feeling that, you know, that person was going to call me, and we were going to talk about something, or I was going to get the answer, and voila like literally within maybe two minutes the call would come and the answer would be there like it it was yeah it's so so incredibly powerful and i think imagine what we could achieve if we all tapped into that yeah so that that's unconscious telepathic communication and that's on all the time that works all the time now we can take this unconscious telepathic communication and turn it into conscious telepathic communication that is when you actually communicate with each other on a telepathic level does it work between humans yes if both are consciously aware of it then you can it works between animals it works between humans and animals and i i it works on with with every living being actually it works with plants it works with trees it works with rocks. It works with the earth. The earth is the biggest conscious living being we all know personally. That's so true. And all of its inhabitants and not necessarily just us and the animals, but like also the plant kingdom and, you know, the marine kingdom. Obviously, we have like a lot of uh, different species in the seas of the earth. So Right. Yeah. So how how so, so did the divorce once you told your now ex-husband at the time you were clearly still married to him um was it you that sought the divorce or him Uh it was him It was him so it he won it out I I actually tried to 
save it. Oh. And, and we even went to uh, counseling, okay. you know, to a couple counseling, couple counseling, yeah. the yeah, same English. Counseling. Yeah, 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 that's right. And I can remember sitting there and we were talking about the relationship. And um, I was talking about uh, saving the relationship. And I could feel that he wasn't into it. And that made me, I mean, I, I was very, that was very disturbing for me. And I'm like, what's the problem? What's the problem? But the counselor actually said then, well, I think you are here for two different reasons. You are here, to, to, saying to me, you are here to save your marriage oh and your husband is here to know how to get out of your marriage that's an amazing counselor <laughs> <laughs> and and then my husband said yes and then I look at my husband and said what I don't need a counselor for that get out of my life right now that's it <laughs> wow I don't oh. need a counselor for that. I don't need a counselor to break up with somebody. No way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He could have easily told you. He wasn't communi He didn't communicate that to you, um, I'm assuming. Okay, well, so he waited. Yeah, to... so, so so he sort of, he, I mean, he saw he was, he saw that I, I was really trying to save the marriage. You know, I, 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 um, I even got, you know, these communication cards where you draw a card and there is a question and then you you discuss the question uh, as a couple. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I was really trying to save the marriage. What, what made you want to try to save it, especially in light of the fact that he was not supportive of what you love to do and what was a gift for you? Um. I knew he was afraid. Oh, okay. And I, I knew that there was a fear. And I knew that if the fear disappeared, then he could really see what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And it's not, not nothing woo-woo, you know, uh, in it, really. Yeah, uh, I look at that, if, if I can just say, I look at that, it's like... Um, let's say gravity is part of you know our experience here on earth and you know if we're gonna be scared of it we just have to work with it it's there we work with it and we accept it as a fact um and we work around it and that's it and much like these other gifts that we have it's just part of the natural way that everything is sort of made by um by nature in the way that nature expresses itself with the different nuances and gifts. And that's that we accept each other for, uh, with the gifts that we carry and we, um, we share in them and we partake in it together and we enjoy them together because it strengthens the relationship. Clearly he was too afraid to go into that realm with you. He was, he was, yes. That's, that's how I perceived it anyway. Um, and mm. 
yeah um and how did you remain friends after you divorced no no he did okay. he didn't he, he didn't want to have any contact anymore oh my goodness this yeah, yeah 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 so so, so this this was this was really I mean he started to throw away gifts that I had given to him in front of my eyes and I go like what are you doing well we are not together anymore I don't have to keep this and I go like uh what <laughs> really I mean he got really mean you know during the, the during the divorce uh period and I thought huh Oh, and then there was a there was a, a something. Uh, well, thinking back to the situation, it's funny, but back then in the situation, I thought, how on earth have I did I ever marry this man? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I met him accidentally. I met him accidentally. Uh, Sometime after our divorce, I can't remember how long after our divorce. I can't remember. I mean, I've been divorced for 22 years now. So, <laughs> um, but sometime after our divorce, I met him accidentally and I said, Hey, hi, how are you doing? They said, Well, not really well. And I don't know why on earth I asked, Do you want to talk about it? He said yes. Oh my! Okay. So we went to uh, to a restaurant to drink a cup of coffee or something like that, you know. So we sat there, and he told me about um, his problem. He had a new partner, and uh, his new partner wanted to have a baby, and uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to marry her, and. And if he, you know, and he was really wanting to have this baby and, oh, I, I can't remember all the details anyway. <laughs> so he asked me for my opinion. And, and I listened to him and I talked to him about it. And, <laughs> and then when we were ready, the, um, uh, the, the lady came, you know, said, well, um, you know, with the bill. And then, <laughs> don't tell me he made you pay for it. <laughs> the the woman asks, "Is it together or separate?" And he goes like, "Separate." Oh my god! <laughs> a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's not a very European thing. I got. I'm, and, I was born and, and, and I mean, I, and, and I mean, I spent about an hour. We spent about an hour talking. I'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book, Against Medical Advice. This book is a memoir, and it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at simonegisandi.com. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show.
and you gave him advice. So you it was it should have been an exchange, right? Because you gave a lot to him. I'd, I would at least have expected him to pay, pay the coffee. But it was so typical him. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that was it. <laughs> you, you probably needed the confirmation that, you know, you are not to have any kind of... And of course, because you are sort of into that kind of stuff, much like me, when you see that... Um, it's our own state of mind that kind of brings that on in, into our lives. And clearly he just went into another very negative, with a negative mindset, into another relationship. And that relationship also became a negative relationship where he was unhappy and unful unfulfilled, because that's typically how it works. You kind of just, the person changes faces, but it's the same kind of thing. You attract somebody that you are not going to be able to have a good or harmonious relationship with because you go into it with a very negative mindset. So you start to manifest the very negative things that you have in your mind, but you needed to see it again. And there it was. Yeah. It was the last time I actually saw him. Okay, good. <laughs> ne never heard anything from him anymore. Yeah. How would you want, how do you want to be remembered by him? I mean, I'm sure he's got an idea of how he remembers like the crazy one who talks to horses and animals, but how would you want to be remembered by him in an ideal world? I don't care. Okay. Really? really? Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like people tell, ask you, well, what would you like um, to be on your gravestone? What shall people remember you for? I don't care. I'm gone. <laughs> When I'm gone, I'm gone. Yes. A lot of people want to leave a legacy behind, right? It's like, oh, what do you want? If if anybody asks Steve Jobs how he wants to be remembered, obviously he changed humanity by, you know, introducing these devices that we are addicted to right now. Um, and oftentimes people want to have, would have wanted to have left a positive impression or to have made a positive impact. And it's actually unfortunate because you have such a beautiful gift. And you are such a powerful woman. And if he as a man would have recognized, you know, that you were so fully engulfed into your power and feminine energy that is able to give you access to other realms. Because I, as women, because we can bear children, we really are the portal through which souls come to incarnate. Like literally, that's that's what we are. We're very powerful beings. And oftentimes much like you see, and I'm not trying to bash men, but in the patriarchal society, they fear the, the women's, which is why we've been made into second-class citizens, which is why we cannot earn the same amount of money as men, and which is why we are not allowed to practice our gifts. But back in the day, if you remember, women were burned at the stake because they were you know, considered to be witches, because they were practicing the gifts that we all have. So it's, um, it's unfortunate, but we definitely don't want to leave a negative thing behind. However, it's typically the way that it was interpreted by your ex-husband rather than the way you truly are, because you are gifted and you are powerful, but to him, you're just crazy. Yeah. He gives it a label. He, he gives it a different label. But it's it, that's that's his problem, not mine. Yes, and I'm so glad to see that. I think it's really exemplifies the kind of mindset that women should have, especially women that have gone through divorces where the men have tried to suppress their significant others, have tried to suppress their gifts, have tried to suppress their natural essence, have tried to suppress their authentic self at 
you know, obviously you, you do that at the expense of yourself for your marriage, but it's really important that you find the strength and oftentimes, and, and I'm talking to other individuals who are going through the same thing right now and you see them, they're very vulnerable. They're, they're ready to turn to a substance to cope with the pain of not being in this relationship anymore. And I just love your strength and how detached you are. Like, yeah, no, I don't care anymore. It's you, you really stayed true to you and you stayed true to your, uh, to your gifts and to your, obviously like what you have a passion for, which is so important. And so, um, I think this is probably the most critical piece of advice. And of course I would love for you to elaborate on it, stay true to you so that you have something that you can continue to do once you finish your life partnership with someone and the, the special bond that you have with animals is something that was yours before he came and after he left and while you were with him so those are things that remain with us because of who we are and what we are rather than because we are married to them yeah definitely i mean um it is so important that you keep your own identity yes and and identity is um is critical i think and most of the people adopt an identity that they are given by others right. so they are husbands they are wives they are mothers they are fathers they are employers they are employees uh they they are uh, dog mothers cat fathers whatever yes. you know but I think it is important that you give yourself an identity and an identity is who you are like you know when and an identity is some something or somebody you are and nobody's going to change that let's uh, uh, let me give you an example um I'm a non-smoker Okay, so, so somebody comes to me and offers me a cigarette. I'm going to say no. I'm a right. non-smoker. Yeah. Right. Now, if a smoker quits smoking and doesn't adopt the identity of I am a non-smoker now, and he keeps the identity of I am a smoker that has quit smoking for 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, He's still a smoker. Now, when he gets this, somebody comes up to him and offers him a cigarette and he says, oh, I, I have quit smoking. I quit smoking 30 days ago. He hasn't changed the identity yet. That's right. Because, he, because he's still a smoker. That's right. But if he adopts the identity of, no, I'm a non-smoker now, and somebody comes up to him and offers him a cigarette, he says, no, I'm a non-smoker. It doesn't have to say I gave up smoking 30 days ago, because if, if you're still a smoker, somebody comes up to you and offers you a cigarette and you're in a bad shape at that moment, guess what? You're going to take the cigarette. Yeah, if you're vulnerable, absolutely. And a lot of people do that. Um, my ex-husband in particular, uh, when we went through our divorce situation, he actually picked up smoking again. He He had been a smoker when I met him. We obviously during the, the marriage, uh, we had children, we became parents. So he quit and then he picked it up again. Like when we went, when the, the time of stress came 
he turned right back to it. But I think the most powerful thing that I have learned from my conversation with, with you is how important it is. And that's something that I wish I would have done. However, during my marriage to my ex-husband, because we, we got together when we were very young, we had uh, our children young. I don't at all regret that because I, I was actually, it was my plan to have children young so that I can get it done and out of the way. And so that my body can handle it better. And so that they have better chances of, you know, like the, the best chance for the best health, optimal health. Um, but I developed and I grew during my, my marriage to him. And then I sort of became a different person by the time we, we ended our marriage. And so did he. And I think at that point, when you look at yourselves as strangers and there is that expectation, but you changed. What do you mean? You changed. It's like, yeah, change is a natural part and, and a natural process of life as we progress. It's, all, it's much like saying, well, you're in menopause now. Like, yes, that's part of life. <laughs> so um, I think what I learned from you is the importance of staying true to yourself, no matter the ebbs and flows, no matter the relationships that you have, but be they with a life partner, like a husband, or be it with friends, you still have to stay true to who you are. Yes, Your gifts are given to you for a reason. And um, I think it becomes difficult when you try to suppress yourself to appease another, you start to resent that person. Yes, definitely. And, you know, um, a lot of people say, well, my better half, or I'm looking yes. for my other half. No, 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 no. Unless you cannot be okay and love yourself and be okay being alone, being by yourself, it's not really good to get into a relationship with thinking the other is going to complete you. You are complete. We are all complete. That's right. And we just look for a partner to be, you know, sort of... Somebody we too, share with. Too, too complete. Yes. You know, those two completes can then go together. Right. So you're just sharing with somebody. You're not looking for them to complete you so that you can continue life. Exactly. I think this is something uh, that that really ruins a lot of uh, relationships because people look for things they are lacking and they, they expect the other person to complete them now this is this is insane because i mean you are okay the way you are we everybody needs to to understand that we are complete the way we are and if if you put i mean that is an an uh, an insane stress on the other person that actually thinks oh i have to complete my husband or i have to complete my woman, my wife, uh, and then, you know, this person cannot live their life because the partner expects things from them. They maybe are not um, prepared to give. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress even on on ourselves if we look to constantly be we we sort of ignore ourselves to be able to give to that person so that you can complete them yeah exactly so you do it at your own expense yeah that's uh i i, I knew from the beginning that that was not going to happen 
<laughs> so, so this, Paloma, this is. I'm, I'm very, of... I'm very supportive of my partner, but. Um, yeah, you yeah. actually articulated that when you were encouraging him to continue going to his car meetings and to maintain his friendships and relationships with the other people that were in his life, which yeah. clearly were probably enriching him. And he was practicing what he was passionate about. And you encourage that. Right. Yeah. So so clearly that's that's how you view relationships. If you don't mind, what about your first marriage? What led to divorce in that? Because at that time, were you still in touch with your gift? No. No, no actually okay. not. No. Well, my first marriage was a little bit a crazy decision, really. <laughs> uh yeah he asks me after three days whether i wanted to marry him and i said yes oh wow three days yeah you guys you guys put uh what what's that couple from um pamela anderson and uh the rocker guy uh tommy lee i believe is is his name when they got married after nine days together but you three days <laughs> Bravo. Well done. How old were you at the time, Paloma? I was 24 or 25. Okay. So very young. I was very young. Yeah. Okay. And it was, uh, it was a crazy decision and obviously it didn't work out. And yeah, we ended up getting divorced uh, in less than a year. So yeah, very yeah. quickly, very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it oh, was a life experience. It was a life experience, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, a funny story about my second marriage. Um, you know the um, Valentine's Day. My, my my roots are in Spain, so both of my parents are from Spain. Mm -hmm. That's also um, part of the reason. Uh, my name is Paloma. <laughs> yes, beautiful, uh, beautiful name. Thank you. And um, in Spain, Valentine's Day is celebrated, has been celebrated since I can remember. Well, it hasn't been celebrated in Switzerland that much. It came up some time around... I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, before that, nobody really ce celebrated Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> obviously, I, I like Valentine's Day, especially when you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, I always told my husband, well, it's Valentine's Day, 14th of February, it's Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, oh, and you know, uh, um, he didn't really want to know anything about Valentine's Day. And uh, yeah, then we got divorced. And I got the divorce papers, you know, where it says, you know what date it was. Don't tell 14th, me it was on Valentine's 14th Day. of February. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And I go like, yep, okay. You got your gift. You got a gift on the 14th of uh, February. <laughs> Actually, it was the best thing that happened to me, I must say. <clears throat> yes. The, the, the divorce. Because, I mean, my husband was terrified of dogs. Oh, and wow. 
Yes. And I have had many dogs during my life. I wouldn't have been able to save all those dogs that I have. All my dogs were rescues. And um, yeah, um, I would have missed a whole lot. What if I had, because if you... I had stayed uh, married. Yeah. And, um, and that's an important factor because you being an animal lover, and because you're into this kind of stuff and you're very attuned to it, what do you think was that made you attract such a partner into your life? Hmm. There has to have been either a lesson or something that needed to be worked out or addressed and resolved for you to attract this kind of an individual that was so far from the things that you are gifted with and passionate about yeah maybe it was exactly that you know that he was the opposite to remind you of your gifts a sort of I mean, I, I was I was rather young then. I was twenty six or something like. We got married in ninety four, so yeah. Um, I was twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, yeah, it's uh, he liked animals. It's not that he didn't like animals. But he he liked cats. Um, but he had a fear of dogs, which was. But he had uh, he was terrified of dogs. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really terrified of dogs. Um, when I was a child, I had a period where I was afraid of dogs. So maybe I wanted to help him to get over it, and I tried. To help him to get over it and he did to a certain point so we were able to go to a friend's place uh and they had a dog <laughs> and he was okay being there <laughs> oh, wow so maybe that was uh maybe that was your um the point to a degree of your relationship you helped him with something like that so he could overcome it and be able to move on having addressed that yeah yeah i guess uh i guess so so i mean everything happens for a reason in life yeah and of that's that's what i believe anyway everything happens for a reason and um yeah so what would that you was say a, what was a part of my life yeah of course and how how did you receive it what would you say was the the biggest lesson that you got from your divorce looking back on it now Never ever give up on yourself. Always stay true to you. Yeah. I, I knew you'd say that. I telepathically <laughs> knew you would say that, Paloma. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the best advice that someone else gave you about divorce? If you talk to anybody, especially when you were going through your divorce proceedings with your husband. Don't take it personal. Yes, actually, I have to say, I really love how detached you are from it. I think you're at peace and able to, to be 
true to you because you you didn't attach yourself to it you are sort of like you're like an anomaly like a like a unicorn because most people that i talked with they talk with with such pain and they still harbor you know ill feelings towards their significant other whether it was women who wanted to punish their you know significant other for what they had done to them or whether it was men who look back on women and they say oh she was a bitch and she was a this and she was a that you're just so at peace detached from it like absolutely it can't even touch you and and you exude that with such um clarity yeah i i mean and even if i even when i was going through the divorce Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was hurt by some of the things he did. Of course. And. But you didn't let I the was, pain I was, I over. was, a, I was also amused by some of the things <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, but I but think uh, that's, the, that's the strongest thing you did. And, and I really want the, the listeners to be impressed by this and to really take it to heart you did not allow yourself to be taken down by the pain right that's very that's important so, that's very very important yes and i really and you're like you exemplify that you are incredibly powerful and i know that those people who are attuned to it will be able to tell even in the tonality of your voice in the way that you sort of articulate everything of course even i'm looking at you because we're doing this over zoom and i'm able to see you but that is so important and and i really want the listeners to walk away with at least one piece of advice and i want them to be able to have something that they they have learned on their journey um and if there is anything that they can sort of start applying right away because i i have friends who are going through it as i mentioned earlier and i always try to you know give them some sort of a piece of advice for them to be able to you don't want to go too hard too much too fast because you overwhelm them but there are certain things that are so impactful. And I think that that's what I take from, from our discussion and from speaking with you and looking at you and the way you've articulated everything that you have had such incredible strength to be able to, and you've really, um, no, seriously, I know that your gift is to be able to, um, you communicate with animals, but I think that you could really uh, help and impact people who are going through divorce who really are in a very weak state and very vulnerable to turning to substances and things and other people and they become codependent and addicted and you really have broken all of those uh like molds for lack of a better term and I really appreciate that about you and I really love the way that you have articulated it all um if there was anything that you took away from it what would be one um like a, a big takeaway or books or movies anything that has impacted you that you would like the listeners to maybe um explore on their path on their journey um sorry i don't quite understand is there anything that impacted you as you were going through your divorce that uh, let's say there were moments of pain and moments that were emotionally difficult 
and you started reading something or you started watching something that really impacted you, gave you a very strong message that helped you along the way. Is there such a thing that you would recommend the listeners maybe explore? Hmm. My animals helps me a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, the animals help me a lot. And also, you know, my mom that said to me, well, there, there is, there are so many other people out there, so many other uh, individuals out there. You're, you're going to find somebody else. Yes. And you, you know, um, and I think realizing that um, I am, I am, I am, okay, so we all are, and I am an individual, and everybody is different and we need to be true to ourselves i think that's the most important thing and if you have let yourself being manipulated then you have to find back to yourself yes you can Something that has helped me quite a bit is journaling. Okay. You just sit Journal. down, sit down and write down all the things that are within you. And because once you get them out onto paper, they are on the paper. They they are not longer within you anymore. And if it's, for example, negative things, you write them all down, jot them all down, write them all down. And what you can do after that is you can look at them, just observe them, just look at them. Don't get emotionally involved with what you have written on the paper. Just look at it and observe it. And you'll see that this thing that you have written down um, loses its power over you as oh, wow. time goes by. And you just keep observing it. Just observe it. And I, something I, I also uh, often tell my, my students, um, and I, I also teach uh, about the laws of the universe, is that... When you're in a situation where you feel feel overwhelmed, just make a step, take a step back, take yourself out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in the observer position. You can imagine like you're sitting in a cinema in the first row in a cinema, you have a big screen in front of you and you're seeing your live movie. You are the star, but you are the observer. You are, you, you look at the movie and you look at this person, that's you in the movie, but as the observer, and then you can decide, well, 
this woman or this man should do that and that. And this woman or this man is so in this situation that he cannot or she cannot see what it's all about. But since you are in the observer mode, you can. That's right. And then you can take decisions. So take yourself out of the situation, no matter what situation it is, take yourself out of it and look at it from another perspective. I think that is a very, very important point. So look at it as the from the perspective of observer rather than being involved in it and being part of it, emotion, especially emotionally involved with it. Exactly. And I think um, it's also important that... Um, to go back to one of the points that you made where we um, attach our identity because that's how we give our power away. This is my strong belief. When I, and, and I've given this advice to my ex-husband as well, when you identify yourself with some of the things that are destructive or have, let's say, negative connotations and painful things attached to them, like divorce, for example. Divorce has a very negative connotation attached to it. And society has made it that it's not just where two people that have grown apart are parting ways to go on to continue to be individuals. They look at it as your family is broken, you failed at being a life partner to somebody else, you're a divorced woman or you're a divorced man, you're a single parent. So you are or I am become I things that we be, that become part of our identities. So I don't look at myself as a divorced woman. I am I look at myself as I'm the individual. I'm Simone, and I have my passions, and I have my quirks, and I have my my gifts. And divorce is just something that happened in my life, much like my stroke. I had a stroke. That's something that happened. I'm not a stroke survivor. I am very protective of my energy don't ever tell me that i'm a stroke survivor i'm not stroke is something that happened to me divorce is something that happened to me um you know uh, let's say learning about something is something i did i am not that person it's just something i did my true essence of myself as an individual is always going to be who i am and i've progressed and grown and evolved within my you know the continuity of life and those things are just events that happened on this continuum. And right. I think when you stay within that power point of your individuality, rather than attaching your, your identity to these negative connotation things, that's when you sort of decrease your power. When you look at something like, oh, I did something negative, or I am something negative. So I am less, I have less worth now. So it's so important. Yeah. yeah. And I love the fact what you said, because I've done that too. So the journaling part. And I think another important step would be put it down on paper and then burn it. If you feel like, oh, I'm 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 a terrible wife, or write it down, I'm a terrible wife, then take that paper and burn it or, or shred it if you don't want to do anything that's you know more dangerous with the fire and all that. Put it through the sh shredder and look at it as it's shredding. It's like dissolve that thought, that idea altogether. So that's incredibly powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That's actually something that everybody should do on their journey. So with regards to your animal communication, Paloma, which I find insanely fascinating. I mean, I could tell we would be here for another few hours if I told you, because I have had, when I went through my divorce, I've always had little dogs and I love them to death. 
And I remember if that dog, I mean, God bless her, she's rest in peace, she's gone. But if she, if that dog could have talked about all the things that I told her when I was going through my divorce, because I was, I would have conversations with her in my most painful moments. And I would like confide in her mostly because I was too embarrassed and ashamed to tell other people things that I was feeling. And of course that was in my very juvenile, immature mind that thought that that's something to be ashamed of when, you know, it's just vulnerability. If that dog could have talked, my goodness, she knew everything about me and my fears and my pains and everything. So I think it, that's such an important thing. Where can people find you if they want to work with you with their animals so that you can help them be able to communicate with their animals or be able to share your gift? Well, I, ha I have a website, uh, www.speciespace.com. Speciespace.com. Yeah, speciespace.com. That takes you actually to my German website, but there is an English part in there. So just click on English and then you will see uh, what is there in English that you can read about and you can contact me and yeah. Yes, because I find your gift fascinating. And I wanted to also say thank you so much. I I was in Switzerland and I know that most people there speak multiple languages and it's incredible. You do as well. But thank you for being able to do this podcast in English. Um, I know that there's a variety of languages, German, Italian, obviously uh, English. So I appreciate it greatly. Uh, everyone, you know where to find her. And if you do have an animal that you want to learn how to speak with or communicate with, or you want to really hone in on this gift, you know where to find Paloma. Paloma, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge, all of your expertise, and leaving the listeners with such an important message. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.